previously on Go Head Mama. I remember sitting like looking at the into the incubator and looking at her. She's so small and like crying my eyes out and still not understanding like how all of this transpired. And this nurse comes up and she was like, is that a girl? And I was just like, huh? She like asked me again. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, oh, she's going to be fine. And she like walks off. <laughs> and I, and it's, you know, it's, it's hard to process in that moment when someone tells you something's going to be okay, when everyone else is telling you that it's not. Um, I also wanted to talk, lean back on, you mentioned that it was hard on you financially and emotionally. Um, now that you're in a, you know, now that Ori is healthy and you're in a better place, what kind of support have you had for that emotional, um, you know, just, just finding emotional healing if, if you've yeah. done anything like that? Um, <laughs> a lot of YouTube and a lot of like, uh, podcasts and motivational tapes like i it just that's always been uh, a, a a a part of self-care for me were those things right, right. like so tell us um, more what self-care looks like for felicia then in general yeah it's um it's being in a clean house that is uh, not that's not with, funny that's serious i agree with no, you no no very, very serious right because <laughs> yeah when it's like chaotic it drives me up the wall um being in a self-care for me is this, uh, and it's a, it's a few things depending on what I need, but I've become, I've gotten to a point and I think it was, it was definitely going through this process of, of childbirth of being, understanding exactly what I need in that moment and listening to myself at that moment of saying, I have to stop this right now and, and, and find that safe and kind of sacred place for me and, and do those things that, because I think we all feel like, man, I really could use a massage. And then you kind of either wait for someone to gift you a massage or <laughs> just like you don't do it. But in the back of your mind, it's like, that's exactly what I need. Like all this. Just go do it. Like stop what you're doing right now and go do it because your body is always going to tell you what it needs like at that moment. And we often don't listen. Um, but for me, it's a clean house, um, usually being on the couch, playing music. I have these peppermint essential oils that I burn that I absolutely love. And sometimes it's like water and sometimes it's wine, you know, and that's like, <laughs> and that for me is like, is like heaven. And sometimes I need that all day, like on a Sunday or I mean, after work and I just like Derek will come home and is like, it's dark and music's playing and, the peppermint is gone. Some, but he's like, he smells the peppermint. He's like, oh, Felicia just kind of like needs her like her time. Um, Derek's like, shucks. <laughs> or um, I love to go to parks and swing on swings. Like I, I love it. And I will interrupt my day anytime I'm having a bad day and just and literally go do that. And it's just kind of it's something about that air. And it's something about going back to being kind of like childlike that just it releases all the pressures like of that day. You know, I have had to say what is it? like it, it, it's also become prioritizing for me. Right. So like I remember in the beginning, kind of like when I started getting back my footing, getting back to like work and like doing things and 
was quickly stressed out because I was literally trying to pack everything in to a day and trying to do all these things. And I remember just getting to a point where I was just like, I, I have to choose. Like you can't have it all. Like I hate that people tell people that. And they always tell that to women and it drives us crazy. Like you cannot have it all, at least not at the same time. Hmm. And there's no, there's literally nothing wrong with that. You know, you have to choose. And we are in a society that, that tells you to not choose, right? They tell you to choose everything because it affects their bottom line one way or the the other, but you have to choose. And for me, it's like you pick the two or three things that are most important to you and you center your lifestyle around that. And where, if where everything else, it just kind of falls where it falls, you know? And, but those become like your non-negotiable. So nothing becomes, comes before my daughter. And I'm speaking to a lot of moms and that may sound like, Oh, of course, but like everything else can be rescheduled, but she can't, you know? And Mm. that's kind of became like my baseline rule of like, it can, that meeting can be a phone call, uh, you know, or like it, those things can be changed and they have flexibility, but that time with her doesn't, that doctor's appointment with her doesn't when she's just like, mom, I want to play. And that may not necessarily work for everyone. Cause I have a pretty flexible schedule. So it's like, if she wakes up in the morning and she wants to like play and it's taking a little bit longer to go to school, like I can stop and play with her for a little bit. And it's a blessing to be able to have like that flexibility, but it allows me to show up for her in, in, in different kind of ways. Cause I also travel a lot for work now. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it becomes like those moments that allow me to do those things. And Ori loves it, but then it, it allows me to, be a mom when I feel like being a mom, right? Because there are those days that I have, and I tell Derek all the time, like, I literally just want to be a mom today. Like, I don't Aww. want to be anything else. Um, I, I don't want to be anyone's boss. I don't want to be anyone's guest speaker. Like, I don't want to be, like, anyone. Like, I literally just want to do that. And I think that's a part of self-care because I'm literally listening to what my mind and my body is telling me that I want to be able to do. And I want to be able to, like, nurture for that day. And only do that. No, this is oh, so many questions. So many questions. Um, well, let's let's talk to the to the financial component because uh, I'm just curious. One, I know that finances, children, and finances are things that break marriages, right? <laughs> like, and yeah. and it's just you know you're losing a company or or struggling through that, and you're having a baby and who who needs a lot of attention. Yet somehow you've come on the other side. I mean, you guys are running an amazing organization. Um, you know, Black Tech Week has taken off in Miami. You guys are essentially building the entrepreneurship environment in uh, South Florida. And I'm from Miami. And I know it wasn't there before y'all. So, <laughs> but, but that's, that's the beauty of it. So you, you, you are totally creating something amazing and, and, I'm just curious, how how are you staying committed? Because you talk about your values and you talk about where Ori stands, but you've mm-hmm. been able to create something with Derek that's that's amazing, beautiful, impactful, powerful, all of these things. So so how are you doing it? How how is that juggle happening? <laughs> so how that juggle happened almost four years ago and now complete night and day. Right. Um, you know, it was it we really struggled financially. Um, when Ori was born, because I mean, we, our business wasn't operating, right? Because we had closed the store 
And then we were legally battling like our investors to get like ownership back from them. Um, and so we couldn't operate a business at that time. So I didn't have a salary really. Derek didn't really have a salary. Like it was just, it was financially, it was extremely tough. Um, and you know, that, I don't know that having that kind of like on your shoulders while you're dealing with all that stuff is again, it's part of that whole conversation. Like, I don't know how we survive. Right. But it, you know, it was one, it was, I I just remember thinking, um, because we had this really crazy non-compete clause in like our contract with our investors. And it was like, (laughs) you can't sell ice cream and you can't like, it was just this long list of stuff. And at the time I had started consulting other people. Like I, created this site it's still around i still consult with it uh called ice pop university and i was just like you know what um if i can't sell ice cream right now i'm gonna teach other people how to do it and i'm gonna be able to make like money from like my computer and like that's what kept us afloat because i I was just like it was this idea i had toyed around with that i would get all these emails from people that wanted to start popsicle and ice pop and dessert companies yeah and I like we were going to go down the franchise route. And then when the business like closed, like the store closed and everything, we couldn't get another investor. Like they were just like, what's going on? Like it was just craziness. And I was just like, let me just start this. Like, let me see where this is going to go. And that helped us like that kept us afloat. And it was just interesting because it's one of those things like when you and my mom always talks about like when you get the education, like no one can take it from you. Right. Yeah. And so you get into these like weird situations where it's just like, well, I can't physically be anywhere. So how can I like package up my brilliance or package up like the processes and like turn that into something that I could like sell people or help people with that gave me like some flexibility in order to like deal with all all my stuff, but, like, for us to actually be able to, like, survive. But that also included, like, cutting a lot of our expenses that we had and just being extremely frugal, which was extremely hard. Yeah. uh, To, like, be in that moment and and, and do that and spend our savings and, like, exhaust pretty much everything over, like, over those months until we kind of got back and, it was hard. Like, I, I, I mean, financially, I don't know how we bounced back, but we just, we did and it worked, but it was, it was definitely part of like, let me get creative. And, and, and that really only happened because I remember we had a conversation with, um, with one of Derek's like in-laws, like, and he had, um, owned a bunch of like McDonald's franchises. And I remember talking, we were talking to him about like this non-compete, and he was like, well, McDonald's, like, you know, they have a non-compete for their franchise franchisees. And he was just like, but he was like, that would never hold up in court. Yeah. And he was like, you know, anyhow, McDonald's would take me to court because I'm trying to make a living after getting out of a, a deal with them. Like, it would never work because I'm this small guy and they're this huge company. And I remember when he said that, I was just like, we're just going to do it. Like, we just need to make the money. And uh, they can't come after us. Like, we're just trying to survive. And so we can consult, like, even though, like, we not compete for three years. So, but I, I mean, when you get, like, 
you get to a point where like strength is literally all you have. Yeah. And you have like no choice but to get like creative with your limited resources. Like you just have to. But I mean, it just like it was a lot of things. I had like book royalties come in and like that helped. Like it was a lot of little things that like added up to help us just kinda until we were able to like get back on our get back get back on our feet and kind of get our company back, yeah, and start bringing in like revenue again with the company. But it was yeah, it was tough, man. And it's um, I wish more people were honest about that, mm, yeah, because it 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 helps you kind of get out of bed every single day when you're just like, all right, like this is this is it, like I'm in this, and but but other people have been in this. And if I know that get on the other side, then I can have the faith I need to kind of get to the other side of that too. But yeah, it was, it was definitely getting creative with like literally everything that we could like package up and, and sell and and market to people that were in like the popsicle industry. Cause that was just immediate. Like they got it right away. Yeah. 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 Where, um, so, so, the other side of well the other side of the rainbow right like you you guys are here ori is is solid she's great yeah um uh professionally share with everyone where you guys are now so popsicles no more so popsicles no more um so the company we like we were able to get the company back up timing is important right so we a huge part of our business outside of the store was private label manufacturing for like yoga franchise and big brands and things like that. And, you know, while we were going through everything that we were going through, it was winter time everywhere else. <laughs> and so that like, that, that helps obstacles in winter. <laughs> right, right, right. So they, they, it helped us kind of weather the storm with some, I mean, we lost a lot of contracts, but some of the big contracts we were able to keep because they weren't asking us for ice cream. Right. So we didn't have to turn around and tell them like, Hey, we have no way to manufacture right now. Like the business is going through a transition. Like we didn't have to have those tough conversations with big clients at that time because that was they weren't they weren't purchasing from us at that time. Yeah. So like by the time we got through everything with our investors, like it was like going into springtime, and so they were calling again. It was just like we're here, like we're making pops, and like. <laughs> You know, we don't have the storefront anymore, but we're back at a warehouse. We're manufacturing pops and like we can fulfill those orders. And so that helped out a lot. But I mean, we had to downsize, um, had to say bye to a lot of employees and just really interesting. But we had started a nonprofit. Well, it wasn't officially a nonprofit at the time, but it was a service project that we had started to help our employees. Like we they were all teenagers um a lot of them for like the overtown liberty city area if you know miami yeah and well i know you know miami but like everyone else yeah um and we knew that they weren't going to be in popsicles forever and we were perfectly fine with that and but we wanted to train them derek and i both work for technology companies uh derek was that kid that would build computers i was that kid that would rewire cable like that was our life before we randomly started this food company and, um, you know, the whole kind of startup scene was sprouting up in South Florida and we wanted to make sure that it was inclusive and diverse as Miami was. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't really the case at the time with the programming and the support and the resources. So, uh, it was literally supposed to be like this one day coding training for our employees and their friends and their parents, uh, only supposed to be about 25 students. It ended up being over 80 students mm. and we were bombarded with requests of like, when is the next one after that? 
And so we started this program really as just, again, like a service thing while Code Fever was running, because that was just always a mission of ours to kind of help support youth entrepreneurship, show kids how to be self-sustainable. Like entrepreneurship had essentially saved us, you know, when we first started yeah. Feverish. And so we always just kind of like had that commitment. So when we got to the other side of that uh, with our investors and everything, like we just never loved Feverish again, like the way we did when we were like, First starting, first starting and grinding and code fever and what we were doing with that fulfilled our hearts like so much oh. and it brought us so much joy and you know it it's just, it was hard it was a hard transition because it's just like you built something and um you brought on these partners and it didn't work out but you loved and you put so much time and effort and you got a lot of success with it but then a lot of failure with it yeah. too and but then over here like this side project is just like it is it was, I don't even have the words for it of like how it made us feel and how we were able to see the transformation happening with the students that we were working with when they fully understood the capabilities of technology and what they could build and just, and not just be consumers of it, but be like creators and innovators. Um, And so that is like, that's essentially what we end up moving towards. And we end up spending way more time on Code Fever and kind of building that up than we were on Feverish. So, um, you know, we sold Feverish. It wasn't a big sell, um, but it was enough to kind of like get out of the business. Yeah. And we put all of our time and attention into to Code Fever. So, and that started off as a coding and startup school. And our work quickly kind of uh, um, increased in into economic development and inclusive innovation and working to make like Miami startup ecosystem more diverse and inclusive and bring the right resources to help um, mostly black and African-American and Caribbean entrepreneurs and startup founders and people that are interested in technology that either want to pursue a career in STEM or they want to successfully launch a startup and building an ecosystem to support them uh, with a big conference and events and programming and resources and bringing investors and, and kind of tra- and, and then heavy on the training and hackathons and coding camp. So um, we literally do all of it <laughs> in South Florida and in some other cities, but South Florida is our home. And so that's where we do the majority of our work. And it's been phenomenal. I mean, the white house has awarded us for the work that we did. We've done with code fever um, as a champion of change and, um, it's literally been featured all over the place with, because with some it's of the awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, it is because I mean, our our thing is like making sure the conversation is always about like minorities not being engaged in tech and the skills gap and all these things. And we've been major contributors to technological advances, not just here in the United States but across the globe. And that story isn't told enough. And 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 we deserve a seat at the table or like we also train people to build their own tables right right, right. but um, you know the the future of our economy is heavily rooted in technology and entrepreneurship and we just want to make sure that um because we have such amazing genius in our communities that it's not for a lack of ideas it's for a lack of resources and it's a lot for a lack of deal flow and when we can change that we start to see pure amazing innovation come out of our communities and we start to rid our communities of innovation deserts. And when that transformation happens, like we see true, true innovation 
and and vertically integrated communities and success come out of these 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 communities because it's just always been there. Yeah. Just kind of like rubbing it off a little bit so it can kind of like make you know, it find through. Okay, absolutely. Um, mamas, you see why I keep begging Felicia to be my accountability buddy? This is the awesome I'm working with here. She is amazing. Um, Felicia, I, 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 it's one of those things where I could talk to you for days because from the, from the personal passion to the story of Ori, um, everything that you say is with such energy and with such grace and with such perseverance. And I'm just so grateful that we are friends and mm-hmm. that I can use that word with you and that you've been able to share this with with our listeners. Um before you go, you have to tell everyone Ori's uh position in in your organization. <laughs> so Ori has her photo. I did we put a bio up for Ori on the site? I think we might have, but she is the vice president of youth operations. <laughs> of course at, she is. Yes. <laughs> Derek, it's so funny because Derek kind of just put that up as a joke. I mean, she literally comes to everything, right? Uh, she comes to everything. Ori's probably been to more technology conferences than the average three-year-old has. Uh, or and, any three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, she has to start coding by the time she's five. Like, we're working. Like, it's just, it's fun, you know? And it's 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 funny because, and I know we're, like, um, ending, but I... I would bring Ori everywhere. And um, I remember this mom came up to me and she was just like, she's like, you're such a role model. And I was like, what? She was just like, she's like, I sit home and I want to come to these events all the time. And I'm a mom of three and I never do because I just don't like, I don't know how to bring my kid, but I see that you bring yours. And so I can bring mine. And she would just show up with her kids. And I was just like, well, I'm just doing this because I have no other choice, right? Well, you know, uh, I just want my I, kid to like be in like this environment. So, but I think that's powerful because I, I, I've gone to a meeting with um, uh, Davia before, and it didn't go so well. But I'm still proud I did it because she cried through the whole thing. But hey, sometimes <laughs> it happens, okay? But I needed that. I needed that experience because, again, for me, I've created a flexible environment where I can do things like that. And on most days, she'd be fine. It was a tough day. She was teething. I understand, yeah. right? But there is a sense of bravery, and I, and I, and I don't often like pat myself on the back. But when when I when I did that, I was proud of myself as a mother that I wasn't ashamed yeah. of my experience as a mother. That in that mm-hmm. moment, that was what I had to do, and I could still simultaneously be that professional you need me to be. Right, right. That's not a. You know, it, it's interesting how people walk the line because because you've tapped on something that's really important because I've seen people and this is this this might seem like a horrible comparison, but I've seen people bring their dogs to meeting all the time. Nobody complains. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, that's so cute. And I'm not saying that one one is easier than the other. I know kids are energetic and they get involved mm-hmm. probably more than a than a poodle. Right. But. It is this kind of notion that women in particular engaging as both mother and professional is not mm-hmm. compatible. Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting because there's a there's a guilt there. You know, I remember where was I? this was actually like maybe two months ago. I was supposed to speak at an event. We were hosting a VC. And so Derek was kind of hosting him and taking him around. And it was literally just one of those nights where we had to pick her up and we literally had to like be between me leaving an event and Derek going to an event and literally switch cars to, to like be able to have one of us take care of Ori. 
And I just remember the hassle I was going through. And I was going to speak at a woman women's tech event. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, do I cancel or do I take Ori with me or make this work? And I was just like, I was like, I'm at this event and we're going to talk about women empowerment and like how we're treated in the workplace or whatever. But if I were to take Ori there, it would have ended up being some kind of like taboo problem. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's a problem, right? So that's a real problem. Yeah. And so we can't talk about supporting women and supporting moms and our rights and things like that when the true essence of who we are and, and what we put out into the world and usually our biggest contribution to the world are our kids. Right. Yeah. Um, and the gifts that they bring out and like just all these things. And but if we're going to service women, we have to service women the right way. And I think too often we end up trying to play the game that guys play, right? Or the general game that should be played. And like, no, women do business differently. And if it means bringing our kids to a women's event, this is what you got to do, right? So that we show up, but also show up as our authentic selves. And I just remember, like, there's an article in me that I need to write about, like, this whole thing, because there are a lot of kind of women empowerment, entrepreneurship, tech events, and most people don't feel comfortable bringing their kids and, and you should feel comfortable bringing your kid uh, because that's a part of who we are and what we're trying to build and what we're trying to build together. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm like rambling on that, but I remember it just eating me away so much. of just like, like, why did I feel guilty bringing my kid to this event? I should have just brought her. And, you know, I know kids are like, my kid is like, she wants to be in the middle of everything, right? Yes. So you're not having a conversation and she's just not like, and she's going to be there. She's going to be in the middle. So I, you know, it's difficult. Um, but at the same time, it's like, if we are going to support women, we have to support the whole woman Yes. and just the pieces that we feel are appropriate at that time. But like, we have to support the whole woman and the whole family and, and empower them to show up as their authentic selves. Like we just have to, I can't, um, you know, I want to play devil's advocate on you with you on this one, but I believe it to my core so deeply that children and, you know, especially when you're, you're parenting little girls and dialoguing and and confronting all of the things and images that they see. Um, we as women can do and should do a better job of supporting each other. And, you know, there is a, there's a movement and there are more women like you and I that see that. And I, you know, I see you at an event and I'm like, come on, Ori, let's hang, you know, cause mom's <laughs> about to do this speech and we're yeah. going to enjoy it together without looking like a sense of, Oh, well, why did she do this? You know, yeah. how unprofessional. Right. And that's the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And that's the dialogue that I, in I agree with you completely needs to be erased. I'm going to be emailing you. We're going to get this article done. Yeah. It's coming out. It's <laughs> happening um, because it's important. And having been someone that's now done it and gone through the guilt and, and seen it fail, right. Cause it doesn't work all mm-hmm. the time, but knowing that if it needs to happen again, it will, especially as my girls get older, I want them to see these things and I want to yeah. be more like Felicia where it's like, come on out of necessity, you know, it's great. It's worse if it's out of necessity, but if it can be out of choice mm-hmm. and from an empowered yeah. place, Let's do it. Bring your girls to work all the time. Okay. Right. That's the <laughs> Bring your children to work all the time. They need to see mommy doing awesome things. Um, and yeah. So Felicia, please uh-huh. tell hey, us, <laughs> oh my gosh, tell us where we can find out more about you. I mean, I get to call you, sure. but let the people who are not so privileged know where they can follow you, where they can find you. Where can they learn more about Felicia Hatcher? Sure. Um, my website, FeliciaHatcher.com. 
Um, I'm literally at Felicia Hatcher on everything on social media because it's easy for me to remember. Good girl. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, but that um, books are there. A lot of free uh, videos and guides and courses and like all that stuff are, are on the site. And if anyone's uh, interested in the upcoming Black Tech Week, when is that happening? Yeah, so that is September 25th through the 30th. I'm in sunny Miami. I mean, what a better place to have a conference. Um, But Felicia, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you a million times over for this story, for your strength, for your awesome. Um, I'm only wrapping up because, like, I have to, right? Like, Uh I don't want to. But um, we would love to have you back on. Just uh, let me know what other things that we can support you in. And definitely, we need to be talking more about this um, non-guilting campaign. Yes. That would be great. But for now, thank you so much. And uh, next time, Mamas, we'll have another great show. Talk with you soon. Hey, Mamas. Did you like the show? We hope you did. And if you did, please go to Apple Podcasts right now and give us a five-star review. And give us a like on Facebook or follow us on Twitter, all at GoHeadMama. Check out our website, www.goheadmama.com, for all the things that we're thinking in our head but haven't said in our podcast. And if there's anything that we can be doing better or topics that you'd like to hear, give us an email at letstalkmamacita at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you, mamas. Love yourself.